Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners. Also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200. Ready. It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 514 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. As always, thanks so much for listening. This week, I welcome to the podcast Carla Nappi, the creator of a tremendously gripping book called Duplicant. She recently completed a Kickstarter for the series and is described this way, a pulse-pounding sci-fi mystery about a scientist who becomes a victim of his own technology. We talk about how the book came to be, who the characters are, and what the future looks like for Duplicant, including more Kickstarters, hopefully, so we get the story completely told. We also talk about what she has coming in the future, so I'm sure you're going to enjoy what she has to say. As far as my voice goes, I continue to make progress, and I'm getting closer to a resolution, but until then, please listen to what my guests, including Carla, have to say. There's a lot to get to in this episode, so let's get on with the show! It's great to welcome to the podcast Carla Nappi from a fascinating and gripping book called Duplicant, which has been on Kickstarter, which is how I, I heard about it. And just amazingly great storytelling about how's it going, Carla? Hey, it's it's going great. Thanks for having me on the podcast. It's good to talk with you. I, I, bad timing on my part. You were in the middle of a Kickstarter when I first contacted you, but my schedule was full at that point. So I didn't get to promote your Kickstarter during that time, but there'll be other ones. Next time you get another Kickstarter, let me know and we'll do this <laughs> during the Kickstarter, which is oh, awesome. <laughs> That'll be good to do because it's good stuff. Duplicant, it's called. And I had, I, I, before I started to record, we were talking about some of the covers. That oh, there's this one cover that I was telling you about. I'm going to have nightmares about there. <laughs> this one where a girl is there and her eyes are poking out of her head. Mm-hmm. And the moment I saw it, I just looked at it and I said, uh, "Okay, I'm never going to be able to forget this cover. It's going <laughs> to get on there." So this is just amazing to me. So why don't we start out with the basics? Where did the idea for duplicate come from? It originally came to me when I was working on the television show Suits as a script coordinator. I had just landed my first agent uh, for TV writing, and he had asked me to come up with some ideas to take out for pitching, possibly, as a series idea. And 
because I was used to from suits where we would, you know, similar to what you would find on like a law and order type of show, you would research headlines. And I've always been into sci-fi and I'd always wanted to kind of take Repo the Genetic Opera and do my own twisted take on it. I kind of did like that as a jumping off point and then doing the research. And at that point in time, there just happened to be this glut of articles about, uh, you know, the burgeoning field of 3D printed organs. And there was also a bunch of articles about nanotechnology. And so it was like all this stuff kind of came together to bring this idea to life. Mm. It's uh, talk about uh, what this is about, because uh, <laughs> see that whole notion of, uh, of uh, duplicate body parts, especially if they're made by a printer. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, <laughs> it's probably the way we're going. <laughs> I, mean, I hate to tell you that I, I, I ain't getting that. I don't care what they're going to do. They ain't going to get that one of those in me on the real estate. And, and talk about what the story is about, though, because it's a fascinating story. Uh, so the story focuses on Matt Travers, who's the scientist that comes up with these duplicate organs. He perfects, as I say in the book, he perfects the art of organ duplication, because that is something that, you know, scientists are struggling to perfect at this point. And he's inspired to go down this road to create these organs because there's a pandemic of organ failure and his family dies in the beginning days of the pandemic. And so he's really inspired to try to find a way to stop everyone dying who gets this pandemic. And because he's having such trouble getting a vaccine to work, he switches his tactics to trying to find a way to just get enough organs out to people so that people aren't waiting for on a transplant list. Mm -hmm. And that's what takes off. But the corporation that he works for decides to monetize it and they make it so unbelievably expensive that no one can possibly expect to afford it. And so everyone who gets it is sold off into indentured servitude. And, you know, they're having to do work that they never thought they would have to do before in their lives. And you don't have a choice because the human organ trade has been completely criminalized. It's now illegal. So there's a black market going on uh, that's being run by Matt's former mentor and colleague because he's become a religious fanatic. And so he's, you know, almost stealing people off the street just to get human organs for this black market. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's a huge twist and I don't, I don't want to spoil it, but let's just say it becomes very personal. Yeah. The, all of the, it becomes very personal. <laughs> <laughs> let's just say for the gentleman who's interesting. I think I find it's interesting that he's a man of color. That you made that, which I like. I, I, we don't see nearly enough of that. I always tell people that when it's white guys that are the main guys, I am sitting there going, I can tell what he's going to do the whole book through. But you put a man of color in there or a woman of color, I struggle to figure out what they're going to do. And I like that. And that's one of the things about this book. I did not know what your main character was going to do as we moved along. And wow, I, his choices. Sometimes I went, <gasps> He chose that? Oh, goodness, because I couldn't see that coming. But, wow, that is really I, – I, that's one of the things about your writing that I particularly enjoy. I didn't know you did Suits. That I We used to watch that show religiously. Oh, did you? Yeah, oh, yeah, I was um, the script coordinator on it. I started out on the pilot, 
when it was shot in New York, I was only supposed to be working for one day to help Aaron with some script revision formatting. And then we hit it off. So he kept me on as long as the budget would allow him to keep me on. And then when the show uh, got picked up to series, he had initially wanted it to be in New York, but that was too cost prohibitive. So it went to Canada, but that meant the writer's room was going to be in LA. So, you know, he offered me the chance to come out to LA with a job, which I wasn't about to turn that down. So wow. I, I jumped at that opportunity to be the script mm-hmm. coordinator. And then in the second season, he gave me a script to write and a webisode to write. Hmm. I have to go back and find that. <laughs> it's really be good because your ability to get into the character's head and make the characters live and breathe and talk like they're real is really something I Man, you know, it starts out at the very beginning. The first issue starts out with a woman who has been, uh, shall we say, has received one of these organs. Mm-hmm. And what she goes through, I was just horrified. <laughs> you know, that's when I, I, I can you can tell when I get into a book because I'm like, <gasps> and I, 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 I turn the page. I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. And that's in this, particularly the first issue. I just, wow. <laughs> I got to say, if you if you get the first issue, I think you're going to be hooked. For all of <laughs> Thank it, you. Just wonderful. Just great characters. Unbelievable plot twists. And I, I mean that in a good way. You know, not, not bad in any way, but just terrific. I just, I, when I can't tell what's going to happen, let me tell you, I love that. I adore because I have read so many books over my, uh, in my life. And everybody always says, Oh, I, I, I couldn't see it happen. I, said, nah, I saw that coming, but this book, I did not know what you were going to do next. And I just, you don't know how much I love that. <laughs> that that was my goal because that's what I love. Cause I, you know, I've worked in film and TV for so long and I basically grew up in front of the television. So I'm very much the person that can like figure out where the story's going and what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so that was important to me that I tried to create something where people maybe didn't totally, at, you know, see it coming. I like, I like having twists that people don't see coming. And the cliffhangers oh. is also from my TV stuff. I just like ending each issue on a cliffhanger. So mm. you're like, what? That's what mm-hmm. you're ending it? I got to get the next issue. Yep. That's, that, <laughs> that's my very favorite thing in the whole world. When I, I, I well, I just, we just watched a TV show and I, I won't name it because it's not, we're not here to promote that, but I literally got to the end of it and I was like, oh no, I, I've got to know what's going to happen. I got to wait a whole week find out what they're going to do next time. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the kind of writing I love. I love something that makes me just go, I have to know. <laughs> Is there any way I can find out before that? I go? <laughs> so I can know what's going on. Cause that's the way this book is. I mean, I felt for that poor woman in the first issue. She has a, a rough go of it. <laughs> ah, you know, but, but see that that's when you know you've got somebody by what they call the short and curlies, when you can't wait. And I was grateful you made several issues available to me because I was just, now what? Now what? And I, <laughs> I turned the page and turned the page and turned the page, and I was just dying to see what was going to happen next. So, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about now. How you have put out, what, four issues so far? Uh, three issues have hit okay. stores. Issue four it may be out in December, but may not be out until January. It depends okay. on, you know, how things shake out at the moment, uh, you know, 
different things have cropped up that are out of my control. <laughs> right, right. Which is, this is, you're not the only one that's happening to, I have to say. Yeah. A, a lot of people I know are, are thinking they're, there's a lot of books that are sitting on ships waiting yeah. to come ashore. Yeah. It's just, it, you just have to learn to roll with it. And it's, you know, when the book hits stores, it's going to hit stores. And I'll just try to keep an eye on the release date and, you know, try to make sure that people who like the book are aware to go grab it when it is in stores. That, that's the thing. This is the great thing about social media. We get to find out, you get to tell people, okay, it's out. Yeah, go get exactly. It. You know, that, that's <laughs> the great thing about it. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I've got to ask a question though, because the characters, particularly, like I said, the, the woman and then the, the, the gentleman who came up with the, the, the process, are they based on people you know or real people or are they uh, your imagination working? I would say some of uh, Pamela's personality is based on me as far as like her corny sense of humor mm-hmm. is very much my sense of humor. But mm-hmm. I, I think I just, as I was like creating the characters, I just tried to find out who they were and what their voice was and, you know, cause what I, what I was always taught was when you create a character, you need to know like everything they would like, like what sort of clothing would they wear and what's their favorite mm. food and what's their favorite movie to really try to get into their head. And because a lot of what happens in the story is more emotional based than action based, it felt very important to me that that be a big part of it. I would say the person whose voice I've had the easiest time with where I haven't felt like I've had to go back and like tweak it a bunch or like really struggled with their lines was Sean. Um, Mm. I feel like his voice has always been very clear and consistent for me from the beginning. And I can tell right away if I'm not getting his voice down. Right. But like Matt, I would say Matt's voice is probably my biggest struggle to make sure that he's consistent and true to who I've created from the beginning um, through to, you know, issue five. Wow, because he was the one that I thought was the easiest. The way that I, when I read the dialogue, it just flowed. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, I was I'm stunned to hear you say that because, I mean, wow, uh, <laughs> that's surprising. Because really, the dialogue for him in particular, I thought, was really, really strong and really good. So I I'm, really struggled with his lines on that last page. I don't mm-hmm. even know how many versions I went through on that very last page of issue one to get it right. Mm-hmm. And then issue two is especially important because it's, you know, the story takes a big turn from issue Mm -hmm. one to issue two. So Mm -hmm. I, that issue probably went through a lot more revisions than any other issue just to make sure that Matt, given the circumstances of what happens between the issues that he Mm -hmm. stays, you stay compassionate to him. Mm -hmm. I'm interested. Do you know why that was a struggle? Was it because he was a scientist? Was Uh, it, uh, what, why? I'm just well, curious. He's, he's got so many different things going on in his life between, mm-hmm. you know, he's a scientist, he, you know, he's a father and he's a husband. And then, you know, he loses this family. So it's like, how mm-hmm. does that affect you and how you talk mm-hmm. and like how mm-hmm. he's going about his work where he's basically put blinders on to everything else that's going on. And that was part of the struggle with making sure he felt compassionate in issue two was making it seem realistic that he would have, the blinders on that he had where he wouldn't necessarily know what was going on with people like Pamela, but not enough where it felt like he, you know, what the heck, why didn't he know more about this? Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Yeah. So that was like a hard line. And that was like one of the big notes I got from my group of comic book writers that read my scripts and Mm -hmm. was to make, you know, to make it more clear that Matt had done as much as could be expected given the circumstances and still Mm -hmm. it wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. Well, I've got my favorite cover up in front of me right now, the cover of issue three. Is, is <laughs> that's that, one of your nightmares <laughs> yeah. is that is that pamela on that cover by the way no that's ava so pamela ava. is issue one right and then matt two and then ava is three um mm-hmm. and that ties into like uh her scenes that are mm-hmm. in issue three and then mm-hmm. four is robert and five is francis okay okay gotcha so there's five issues in this arc in this arc yeah okay very good do you have more stories in mind after this arc yeah, I actually have like a wall of stickies right now that's next to me <laughs> for like the general rough overview of the next arc. Uh, so I, that's my next big project is to flush that out more because the first five issues were flushed out in some comic book writing classes I had taken. So like mm. before our pandemic had even hit, like the whole first five issues were sketched out, the page by pages were done and issues one and two were pretty much yeah, they were completely done before the pandemic hit. So it was just like the timing of when these came out to when mm-hmm. I actually created them was very eerie. So Bob was going to ask that because the pandemic, there's a pandemic in this book. Yeah, exactly. And that was meant to be unique because, you know, when was the last time we had a pandemic? It was the 1918. So who knew? Wow. Cause I was thinking I, I was going to, that was a question I was going to ask you. I said, when in relation to the pandemic, did you write this? Years, years and years before. Before. I mean, how yeah. did you research it? Did, did you look it up or how pandemics functioned and stuff? I, well, for the first, so, um, the first five issues or the page by pages were done for the first five issues before the pandemic. And mm-hmm. the first two issues were like completely done, like scripted and mm-hmm. artwork and lettering um, issues, three, four, and five were written during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was some influence from what we were going through in real life. Mm-hmm. When I was adapting the script off my page by page breakdowns, I would say most intensely on issue five, Mm-hmm. And as far as research into pandemics, I I did some like basic research, but you know what was like my big influence with how people react to like diseases that they don't know about and are scared of was growing up during the AIDS epidemic and mm. being a kid during that time and seeing how poorly people were treated, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and the lack of information that was coming out and mm-hmm. just, you know, it's like, it's funny when you see how people react not funny, but it's, there are a lot of parallels to how people are acting now to how people acted back then. Hmm. That's so interesting because, um, you know, I, I, that must have spooked you out when this whole thing hit. That, what was your reaction when suddenly the, the COVID started to happen? Uh, I realized it was happening as far as like my household before my husband realized it was happening. He, mm-hmm. it took him a little bit more time to kind of realize it was as bad as it was. So I was kind of freaking out for like a few weeks before the lockdown started. Mm -hmm. And then it was just horrifying because it was like, at first I was relieved that it didn't seem to be affecting kids because my son at the time was like two and a half. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, at least I don't have to worry about him. Mm -hmm. But then it was like, 
well, what can we do? Because I was the person that would go out every day with him just to try to give him new experiences and do all this stuff. And I'm like, what is safe? It felt like everything was toxic. Like Joe going to the store felt like life and death when he went to get our groceries. It just felt like life and death because we just knew so little. And he was like wiping everything down when we came home. And like I would stay upstairs when he came in. It just, and I, I didn't go anywhere where I needed a mask for like, probably six to eight months at least I would only go outside to like not to parks where playgrounds were, but to um, state parks, you know, where Mm -hmm. I could just hike Mm -hmm. with Wyatt and get him outside. And Mm -hmm. even that my in-laws thought that I was like being risky with Wyatt's Mm -hmm. health by Mm -hmm. taking him to the state parks. Cause they're like, Mm -hmm. you can't sit on a park bench. You could get Mm -hmm. sick. And Mm -hmm. you know, you're outside around other people. You could get sick, but literally we were like out in the woods with no one (laughs) around us, but it just felt like every time we saw another human that they could mean death in those early days. It was, it was horrible. Like I, I know I can never go back to that state of mind again because Mm -hmm. it just was it was horrible. It was, it was just horrible. I don't want to ever go back into that state of mind again. <laughs> did, did it make writing a story easier for you? Because you were in, now you're in the middle of a pandemic. Well, I wrote issue three script in March, mm-hmm. right after the shutdown started to happen. Mm-hmm. So it was actually good to just have something I needed to focus on. Mm-hmm. And because my story is like the pandemic's already been going on for a while. Mm-hmm. Most of the scenes in the, in the present day of the story weren't as hard, but in issue three, there's those scenes in the past mm-hmm. that are meant to be like the beginning. And that felt incredibly heartbreaking to write those scenes because at the time it felt like something we might be seeing mm. any day now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, your personal stuff was your personal stuff. I was going to ask if you guys have gotten all vaccinated and stuff like that now. And how yeah. Um, my husband just got his booster because it's been long enough since he had his second mm-hmm. shot. Mm-hmm. I'm not at six months yet, so I can't mm. get boosted yeah, and Wyatt is too young to get vaccinated because he's only four. Oh, so gotcha. I'm finger crossing mm. that you know something will get approved soon, and then in the meantime, like you know, I I was keeping him home so much that like I remember in those early days, mm-hmm. especially when we found out it was like airborne, mm. and I got paranoid about even just leaving my front door open because I live mm. in a row house. So if my mm-hmm. neighbors are out on the porch, I'm like, is there air coming in? Can they mm. get me sick? And so Wyatt was used to going out all the time. And then when I kept him in all the time, he was like, I want to go outside. Why can't I go outside? I don't understand. Like I had this vision of him at the door, like literally like pounding on the door. Like I want to go out. I want to go out. (laughs) And so like, you know, but then he was home so much that when I started Mm -hmm. to be like, all right, I got to start getting him out Mm -hmm. because he's not socializing with anyone. He's just with us all the time. Um, it was hard for him because mm-hmm. he wasn't used to being around other people and he wasn't used to the level of noise mm-hmm. that we're used to when you're around a group of people. So, right. Right. you know, I started taking him to playgrounds and I started just trying to get him out more. And now I just, you know, I, if I take him into some place and it's like super crazy crowded, we don't mm-hmm. stay. But like, you know, I took him to the mall for the first time since probably before the pandemic started Mm. And I just masked, masked him up and it was pretty empty. So I was like, this is probably as safe as this is going to be for now. Mm. How's he, how's he react to the mask? He's used to it now. Now he's like, Mm -hmm. if we go in a a store and we don't have one, you know, if I forget to like put it on instantly, he's like, mom, mask, mom, mask. But in the (laughs) beginning, 
he didn't take to it well, which, you know, it, it was also his age at the time. He was like two and a half when this all started. Mm. Oh. Um, so he was pretty young and I didn't really start trying to force the mask on him until he was almost three. And even then that was hard. Cause he's like, why is this thing on my face? I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad it didn't happen when I was a kid. I, I couldn't have done it because I just anything on my face or in my eyes or any of that stuff, I can't bear it. And so I would yeah. have been really terrible. I, I can, as an adult, I can go, okay, we got to do this. But as a kid, I would have. Yeah. Cause you been, can't, you can't reason with them. And it's like, I feel for the parents who get on, who have trouble keeping the mask on their mm-hmm. kids on planes, but mm-hmm. on the same hand, I'm also like, you probably should have made sure they could keep the mask on for an extended period of time mm-hmm. before you get on the plane, just to oh. be safe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but did in any way going through the pandemic kind of help with the third, fourth, or fifth issues? Was there something that you learned from, the, from, from COVID that you got to introduce into Duplicant? Yeah, I would say um, the fifth issue is, is pretty pivotal. Uh, because it, it leads to like a pretty major reveal about what happened to Pamela from the first issue. And mm. a lot of my original motivations for what the ultimate, you know, person responsible for what happened to Pamela was going through were mm. very different before COVID hit. And then, you know, watching how all of our officials have reacted to it over the past what is it now? We're almost at two years. Just about, yeah. Um, really informed. I think it gave a more nuanced and better react, better uh, plot for how this person ended up doing what they did and why they did what they did. Hmm. I got to read that issue. <laughs> <laughs> well, it should be that. ready by uh, December 12th for my Kickstarter backers. <laughs> Okay, well, unfortunately, I missed the Kickstarter, so I'm going to have to. Uh, is it, does this book come out from through Second Sight? Is that worth coming out? It does. So my Kickstarter mm-hmm. versions are just what I put out myself for my backers. There, mm-hmm. there's more stuff in them than you would get in the store, and you know, I do like a much like thicker, like almost cardboard stock cover and. Mm like thicker paper than you would mm-hmm. see in like a comic book store version. Um, the comic books, and there's also like different art that I put into it. And then the comic book store versions have a personal letter from me in the back of every issue. That's unique to second sight mm-hmm. that isn't repeated anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Are you going to collect this into a trade when you get the all five issues out? That's the goal. Yeah. To do a trade. I've already uh, contracted with an artist to do the cover. And then I, I have to try to remember to reach out to a couple of people about, you know, seeing if they'll write letters for the book. I have one person in mind that would be my ideal for the forward, but I have to reach out and see if, if they're available and if I can afford them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. I actually wrote a forward for a comic. Uh, oh, Nice. Uh, it was a friend of mine. He asked me to write it. And I sat down and what I basically did was I told my experience of how I got into the book. Because I had gone to, we were at a convention and I was going around as I always do looking for people to talk with for the podcast. And I came across this book and I thought, well, and people always get on me. You buy too many copies of everything. I said, okay, okay. I'll buy, <laughs> I'll buy one. So I bought one and I went back to the booth and I sat there in the back and I read the thing and I said, oh my gosh, I got to read the issue too. So I ran back to the booth and I bought issue two and I went back to the booth where I was and I sat and read issue two. And then three was all he had at that point. 
and I said to him, I said, I have to interview you. <laughs> That's how I find out some things. And that was, I said, I got to interview and talk with you about this book because it was a really good book. It, it's called Solar Flare. It is a, it's a book. Oh, I've heard of it. It's, it's a really good, it's all about what happens if all the power goes out. There's a solar flare and it knocks out all the power. And there's one guy who's trying to resolve the situation, but he's got people who are trying not to resolve the situation. So it's a, it's a conflict kind of stuff. Which I love. Now, one thing I want to get back to, though, is the third issue. You did something that I was so happy you did the way you did it. Not that I want to torture. You know, they always talk about you got to tor- you, you love your character so much, but you got to torture them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> in issue three, we talked about Matt, the, the the main guy, and how this becomes personal. Yes. And more than that, I don't want to say, but let's just say there is. If you ever watch Twilight Zone, what scientists always do, and I don't, I've never met a scientist or a doctor who'd ever do this. They always do. They can't find anybody who's willing to be tested on, so they have to do it to themselves. <laughs> right, right. Okay, I know what you're talking about. In three, and I'm always yep. going. How, <laughs> how in this world is a doctor who knows better trying to inject formula and stuff into himself when he doesn't know what the reaction is going to be? No, yep. no, 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 no. So you didn't do that. And that's the thing no. I was I was going to say. That's one thing you didn't do. When I saw you didn't do it, I said, yes. Yes, that's the way to do it. Do it. The way that you did it was perfect. That was ideal. And I just, I, I was so happy to see you took a much more thoughtful approach, shall I say. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Which I, I appreciate it. I, I just... <laughs> let's just say there's parts where people's guts are hanging out and besides the eyes when my stomach is involved i i get a little shaky as well. oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there's this one part where one character and i won't say who but uh ah <laughs> this this book is going to be something i won't forget because there's so many interesting things that go on I, i'm just kind of curious though are you do you consider yourself a horror writer or you're, you said you like science fiction is this do you consider this more science fiction say than horror i would consider this more like sci-fi and thriller okay uh than horror because it's funny because like i can barely watch most horror films i'm the, i'm the type that gets so scared at you know like this scary movie franchise mm-hmm. which is supposed to spoof actual scary movies mm-hmm. i think i saw the first one and just mm-hmm. the first one and even that scared me so that's mm-hmm. how much of a what's i am with scary things so um, I, I went with friends to see a vampire movie and they and i said you know i don't like these movies because the bad guys win I don't like seeing the bad guys, man. And there was a, a very pure girl who's all there. And the last thing I saw was the vampire turning the girl into a vampire. And I stood up and I walked out. <laughs> and my friends are so mad at me. Why couldn't you stay till the end? I said, I'm not going to watch the bad guy win. I hate that. And so I, I, I'm so interested when I see somebody who, who does – <laughs> horror as well as you do <laughs> let's just say that i'm just you know i'm always fascinated as to again the, the process of how you come to these moments i can't even imagine those things and there you are writing a comic where all these amazing 
and unforgettable things are going on. Yeah, so I'm, it's, I'm just it's, it's definitely been it's definitely been interesting writing mm-hmm. comic books because it is such a, a it, it's from writing scripts for TV and film where mm-hmm. you're deliberately holding back from a lot of description mm-hmm. to this where you have to really describe and art direct everything that if, if that's the way you work, uh, mm-hmm. what's happening in each panel. It's definitely been a, a mind bending experience for me that I think mm-hmm. I'm only now starting to kind of get into the groove mm-hmm. of doing. Cause I'm super happy with the way issue five came out with the art. on mm-hmm. that. So, And I think when you see it, you'll be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say there's a page in issue three mm-hmm. in, in which the person understands what's been happening. The look in his eyes, I got to give credit to the artist. The eyes are wide open on the top, on the very first panel on the top of the page. And I just went, oh no, he knows what's going on now. And I was just, oh gosh, I just, I I can't imagine being in that position. You, You wrote that and the artist translated that so well that I just ah, I, 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 this is when I wish I could spoil stuff but I just can't <laughs> Mariana be- does amazing work She is <sighs> her ability to do the facial work that I need mm. to get the emotions across mm. is second to none when you see that panel I guarantee if you read the book get to issue 3 and you get to the you turn the page and you see a character with his eyes wide open you, I, I was just like, oh my gosh, oh, oh, oh. See that? That's the great thing about it. When I'm pulled into the situation, and I just, I was just, I, I can't imagine how I would have been in that situation. That was the thing. All I can do is think about, you know, if if I was in that situation, I, I, I don't think my eyes would be wide open. I'd be ah. And he does. That person does a little bit of that. Hmm. Exactly. But, so I, I, I could relate to that. <laughs> so it was really very well done. I have to say that 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 those kinds of things just uh and then even at the end of that book you've got the development of the cover. Yep. <laughs> Their different eyes are going in different directions and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, that one I'm I'm not gonna forget that one for a long time. <laughs> but but that's a good thing though, you know, because it's the kind of thing that just Gosh, I this book I couldn't put down. I, I oh, thank you. It. It's, it's I have to, and that's why I want to encourage people to read it because it's you know the medical technology has advanced so far that I don't you know we always talk about the fact that morality has not caught up to the technology. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a lot of what your book is about is dealing with what happens when. <laughs> it, and it's different when you do something to somebody else. There's a lot, and especially doctors and stuff like that, and medical people who are taught, and I used to work at a hospital, and you're taught not to get involved emotionally with what's going on. Mm-hmm. But then let's just say the tables are turned, <laughs> and you you have to deal with things in a different, from a different perspective. That's going to be a challenge. Yeah, really. Is. Now, see, the thing I have to say, 
I got to read through issue four. Yeah. So issue four was by far the hardest issue I, I wrote. I struggled, like struggled with that issue. Crazy <laughs> struggled. So I'm always like, do people like, are people going to like it? Is it going to throw them <laughs> off? Cause I do, I feel like I throw not a bad wrench into this, obviously not a bad wrench into the story, but I throw mm-hmm. a wrench into the story and I'm just like, is it going to work? <laughs> are people going to buy what I'm, what I'm uh, telling I them? T- I can tell you it works. <laughs> Good heavens. Well, the cover, again, <laughs> even your covers, I eat this, this <laughs> amazing cover. It shows a body part on fire. <laughs> yep, with a halo. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, mm, when I saw that, I went, holy smoke. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I couldn't believe it. And there's several things that happen in this book that again i am just i let me just say i'm glad i'm reading this book and i'm not in the book yeah yeah i don't think anyone wants to be living in that world although i think i think people definitely feel some eerie parallels to what some of us are dealing with yep. right now yep it is it's the kind of book it's it's riveting is the word i want to use because oh thank I, you i just <laughs> Oh man, I I gotta read issue five now. You gotta understand I, I, <laughs> because I gotta know how, what where are you gonna. Uh, well, let me ask in a in a general way. Do you come to like a conclusion of sorts? You don't. Do, oh gosh, yeah. I, I, you I come me to an I, answer about what happened to Pamela. Okay. Okay, because I I you know I I often ask people did they did they do thing did they. Uh, uh, did they give us a, a uh, an ending that carries us over into the next book, or do they have, or does it actually have a big conclusion, a wrap up? No, there's not a big conclusion or wrap okay. up because it's just the end of the arc. But I do uh, answer the big question that started mm-hmm. the series, which is what happened to Pamela. Mm, okay, that's going to be good. It's going to be real interesting to see. Good boy. Uh, see, if somebody worked in the hospital, I have to say that this is extremely accurate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got the 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 the, 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 the materials hanging that's going in through an IV, and then you've got computer screens pointing at, you know, not pointing at them, interestingly enough. They never do that. They never make it you can read your own stuff. They always point it out at the, at the, the, the medical people so they can read it. Yeah. Which is scary. The second you can't see your own stuff, then I, I'm bothered by that stuff. But it just, I, I, I yeah, it honestly, if you start to read this book, you just won't be able to put it down. You just can't. I want, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, when you get to the trade at this point, because I'm coming to the game late, I'll probably buy <laughs> to get the trade. Okay. That's what I'll do. Because then that way I'll have the, that because, oh gosh, I got to have a copy of this. <laughs> this is one of those books that I literally, I don't know what you're going to do next. And I love that. Oh, yay. That's good. <laughs> That's I, my goal. I, 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 what you're going to do in the fifth issue, I, I don't have a clue. And that's when I want to read the book. Well, I think Mariana has created some of the most beautiful art that we have in the series so far. And this really, issue. yeah. Wow. Cause it's, I like that we give you back your life. Is the 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 model 
Yeah. Yeah. When it, when it's like literally the opposite of what they're actually doing. Yeah. If somebody's worked in the hospital and have seen, uh, let's just say posters and publicity that doesn't necessarily ring true. Mm-hmm. I, when I read that, I, Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I read that. <laughs> I've seen that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so I, I mean, did you work at a, in a healthcare organization? No, I, I didn't, but my grandmother was an obstetrics nurse. Now I didn't really know a lot about what she did when she was doing it, but I knew it was really hard on her. And I knew she worked super long hours and saw things that she probably wishes she Mm. could have unseen. Um, And then I've had my own, you know, health, different health battles and mysteries Mm. over the years. Mm. So I've probably spent more time than you would think uh, for someone of my age in various hospitals and doctor's offices and everything Mm. else. See, I, I did work at a hospital. I wasn't in the medical area. I was in the public relations area. Okay. And so I, they would take us to surgeries and stuff like that. Oh, interesting. And I was, there was one guy that had cancer in a certain part of the body, which I won't mention, but and what they did was they used lasers to remove the cancer. Mm-hmm. You'd look in, you'd see like little white uh, balls or something all over the place. And then they'd shoot the laser a couple of times and then they'd look, you'd look in and it was all gone. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. This guy would come in once a month and they would do that to keep control of the cancer. And I said, wow. And he, and he was sitting there. He didn't, he didn't feel it at all. I was just like stunned. Of course, that's a little scary. I mean, somebody's shooting a laser in that part of the body, which I wouldn't want. But they did that. And I was just, you know, this this is the scary stuff is that it, it, we kind of get used to it, too. That's the really, the you know, I looked at it again, and they said, no, don't, <laughs> you know, they always take up, they always take the girls up to when there's a delivery going on. Because the family wants photographs taken. And not every girl can take that. <laughs> yeah. One, there was a girl working with me, and there she was. They were, they were, she was taking photographs, and all of a sudden, thump. And I looked over, and there she was on the ground, passed out. And I was like, <laughs> I, I said, you know, I'm glad it wasn't me. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. Because I didn't want to. Why, why would you want pictures of that? I, that's nothing I can't figure out. But anyway, as far as that goes, you captured that spirit uh, in the hospital, in the medical advances, and in the stuff that's going on. That if you know a little bit about it, it, it can be really scary. Yeah. And I was, there's times when it reminded me very much of my time working at a hospital. And I was just like, wow. It's just. You know, oh gosh, and then the poor guy having people having to deal with stuff after it happens is always tough. You know, I, I the it, the humanity of it is the thing that really reached me. Like I said, the guy with the eyes, the, the way his eyes, you know, were were, <laughs> you were basically not only the one, not, not only the cover where the eyes are falling out. This looked like his eyes were going to fall out of his head. So it's all, it's the great thing about this could be a very clinical story. Right. If somebody like you didn't do it, that understands the human condition and understands the humanity 
in the moon. But let me tell you, it's a very human story. And I think that uh, if, if you want to understand <laughs> the struggles that's, that, that the medical professionals probably go through, and those of us who aren't in the medical profession have to, are tangentially involved, this, this book is really going <laughs> to open your eyes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> It's so well done. The artwork, the pacing, the, the, the characters, the things they say, everything about it is the only word I can keep coming back to is human. It's, it's, not, it's not overly technical. It's, it, we get to see people, you know, one guy's in bed and, he's, and the, the girl passes out or falls asleep next to him. And the, it's very touching sequence with, with that. Oh, oh, thanks. I wanted it to be. Yeah. Cause that's a, that's a big reveal, that whole sequence too. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. something that's been hinted at, but then it's, it's confirmed there. You know what? A, another sequence that was really hard to get right visually, at least was the whole car sequence. Oh yeah. And that's one of the, one of the pages in that car sequence is like one of my favorite pages in the book. Mm. It was really hard to get right. The first draft of it was not good. And I ended up finding this video all about how to do shots in cars for mm -hmm. a film. Mm -hmm. And it's, it literally got pulled down off the internet like the next day. So thank God I found it when I did. And that's, <laughs> that's the one where um, I don't really want to give it away, but you probably no. know which page I'm talking about yes. in the car sequence. It's like yes. this page that I'm just like, Oh my God, she nailed it. Once I, once I t and I remember like taking screenshots of everything and being like, okay, this is going to look like this, and this is going to look like this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Gosh, just just amazingly well done. And I, I, I it does remind me. I, I'm, you talked about working in the visual arts and like television and movies and stuff, and then shifting to comics. Yeah, which, you know, it's so interesting to me. People who have worked in the visual mediums like television and movies, when they go to comics, they always somehow seem to be better at telling the stories in comics than people who say start in comics and haven't had the television or movie experience. And I think that you're another good example of that. You know, you know, comics, the, the, our mind fills in the sequences between the panels. And you do such a good job of doing that. And and you're talking about that one car scene, if it's the one I'm thinking of. It has, there's a rear room mirror that plays Yes, a, yep, a that's the one. Yep. And what, you see that, and I just, <laughs> oh, that's, that is, if I saw that in the rear view mirror, I would be terrified. Mm -hmm. And and the character is terrified. <laughs> yeah, I, I yell. So it's this. This is such a well done book. Is this your first book, or is this how many books have you done? This is my first comic book. Wow, I, I I'm very impressed. I have Thank to you. say, because <laughs> it just you know I, I I could not stop reading it. I just had to turn page to page, and luckily I had several issues because <laughs> when I got done with the one, I said, "Okay, where's the next one?" And I <laughs> to the next one and dive into that. So it, it's congratulations on, on on hitting the ground running. Thank you. Like just doing a beautiful job. Uh, and I highly recommend it. Let me just, I always like to tell people it's duplicant. A, it's A-N-T on the end. Just so people know uh, how, how to look for that. 
Because there are other variations of the word duplication and duplicate and stuff. Duplicate yeah. <laughs> out there. So you want to make sure you get duplicant, which is funny to say because it's in a way it's duplican. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> but it's also duplicant at the same time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, there's all these wonderful shades of meaning in this book that is just, you know, for a reader like me who – I love exploring all those, you know, things about it. It's it's just for me. It, it was a a welcome uh, reading to see somebody who understood all the little nuances of what was happening and what the different people felt and did. I love that. I just, you know, I I don't think we get enough of that in comics. Sometimes it's just punching and kicking, as my brother used to always say. <laughs> And that's fine. I mean, there's right. times I like that, but I want a, I want more than that. I want personal stories. I want things that make me think and that make take me places I haven't been. And that's what this book does. It really is a a brilliant book. Uh, I, I whoever thought those classes did well by you. <laughs> it was uh, Jim Higgins. He's a uh, former DC comic books editor who still oh. teaches the classes online. Actually, oh, God, good, you did a good job because, boy, you know, you translated the. I can see this being a TV show easily. It just feels like it could go into it and be a TV show, but the as a comic, it's it works brilliantly. Thank you. <laughs> oh, beautiful job. Beautiful job. I uh, you got more in the duplicate verse to come, hopefully. And do you have other ideas you'd like to do as a comic or, or do you want to get back to TV? I, I have a short comic. Uh, it's about 13 pages that I wrote that's going to appear in Friction, which mm. is a quarterly anthology. I mm -hmm. think it's going to be in their Unseen issue, which they're mm. doing with Kelly Sue DeConnick. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm excited about that. We're still working on picking out an artist uh, for that one. Mm -hmm. And then I, I have this idea for an, an anthology I want to do. So in, in all my non-free time that I have, <laughs> I'm hoping <laughs> to get that off the ground. Um, I did a small short comic for Nightmare Theater Anthology that came out last year. That, that was a horror comic specifically. And mm -hmm. then... My kids' book, which has been on the back burner for a little while, and I'm creating a animated uh, suspense series with my friend, paranormal expert and animator Sapphire Sandalo, that uh, we're hoping to start taking out. We just finished the first draft of the script, so we're hoping to start taking that out to get a producer attached soon. Oh boy, I gotta read all this good stuff. Do you <laughs> Do you have a website where you talk about your stuff? Or uh, I do, yeah. It's uh, it's my name. So it's just my name, www.carlanappi.com. K-A-R-L-A-N as in Nancy, A-double-P-I.com. Mm -hmm. Good. Now, uh, and of course, your, your one Kickstarter got done, and when you and I were talking, you weren't exactly sure when the next one's going to hit. Yeah, so that the last one was for issue five. So I'll probably do one for the trade but I'm not sure when I'm going to do that yet because I'm still getting all the pieces together for the trades. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing about Kickstarters fulfillment. That's the big thing. Yeah. Well, that's Yeah. I'm just, I'm just wrapping up uh, the lettering and the production work mm -hmm. on issue five. And the goal is to get the digital version to backers by the end of next week. And then it'll go to the printer. And then, you know, until they drop the books in my lap, the next phase of fulfillment will happen. Mm-hmm. It's a great book, I have to say. It's just, I, I could not put it down. 
<laughs> Thank you. Uh, got to the end of issue four. Now I'm going, where's five? Where's five? <laughs> I need five because that, that, I got to know what's going to happen next. I'm going to wrap this up. It's going to be great. Now, do you have social media uh, uh, ways for us to keep up with what you're up to? Yes. Um, Duplicant has a page on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash duplicant comic. And then I'm on Instagram and Twitter under musings by crazed, which is kind of long. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to say you're, you're off to a tremendous start. I, I, I highly (laughs) congratulate you. I haven't seen people who I think that TV and movie background really helped. (laughs) <laughs> it really just sparkles. And I, I literally, I can't imagine how you imagined <laughs> the, the, some of the sequences in these, in this book, but wow, I'm glad you did. It's just an amazingly wonderful book. I, when, when number five comes out, I, I'm going to have to get at that somehow because I'll get the trade. Um, but you don't know exactly when you're going to, kickstarter the trade yet that's still not yet yeah because i gotta try to coordinate it so that i'm not overlapping with when my publisher is going to be doing their version of the trade gotcha gotcha okay well let me tell you i am hooked i gotta see this book through i gotta know what's gonna happen now i gotta and then of course once i get that done i'm gonna be curious to see what's in the second arc (laughs) what you got in mind for that because this first arc has been really just just you know groundbreaking as far as i'm concerned just, oh thank you i want to see a lot more of this good stuff i'm really it's really <laughs> great so i can tell you, carla is just keep up this wonderful stuff and let's hope the pandemic kind of comes to an end here eventually and we get to although i don't know it's probably never going to end in the comic it's probably going to go on <laughs> for a long time in the comic because that's a good place to have a a, a medical story is in the middle of something like this. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> but just keep up the wonderful stuff. I really enjoy duplicate and I can't wait to see what you're going to do next. And that includes more duplicate. We got to see more of that. Just, just <laughs> great, great stuff. Thank you. So, so just keep it up. And I, I, I look forward to what you're going to do next. And I see your name on something. I'm going to buy it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne as a man I'm flesh and blood I can be ignored I can be destroyed but as a symbol get the latest from the comics universe news interviews previews and reviews listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics that's it for this episode. Be back next time. I'll have another great interview with an excellent comics creator, something I'm sure you won't want to miss. But until then, keep reading your comics.